Hi everybody, welcome back to Outside the Huddle. It's Andy alongside James as usual. James, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How are things with you? Um, got the lurgy, as previously discussed. Not COVID. I've tested. I'm clean, but I've just got a general lurgy. So. When do you think we're going to get to a place when you can have a, a cold and <laughs> not feel guilty? Or <laughs> have you had a test? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to like, I am coughing with it. But again, I, I've tested negative. And you try to suppress all these coughs at work. Yeah, you do, yeah. Yeah, you know, sounds ridiculous. It makes it worse if you do. Yeah, mm. yeah I'd love to say I've got a story about any celebrities this week, but I haven't. No. You're lucky on that front, Andy. Well, I've chosen to wear a cap again today because my hair is long overdue a cut. Um, and then I saw Derek Carr and I thought, well, could be worse. <laughs> he was looking pretty good, wasn't he? Um, yeah, so we'll crack on anyway, uh, come to the, the nonsense later on. Uh, as always, we've got ourselves a guest along for the ride, uh, as we do these days. Delighted to say we're joined by Los Angeles Chargers fan, Lee Wakefield. Lee, thanks for coming on. Hello, chaps. How are we doing? How's everything going? Yeah, all thanks good, mate. for having me. Yeah, thanks for we're coming to it. We've had some technical difficulties, and <laughs> these certainly helps on that front. <laughs> All happy chaps this week, as we'll mm. get to. Obviously, it's a winning... I was going to say a winning threesome. That sounds interesting. <laughs> You're getting weird every case. week. <laughs> <laughs> Some would say not in the past. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. You don't get to jump in on your team straight away. We're going to keep keep you waiting for that. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll kick it off like we normally do. We'll start with the early game of the week. Um, get that one squared away. Not that, that much to say, really. I mean, routine win. The Patriots putting a spanking on the Falcons. Just a total mismatch, I guess. In the end, James, you'll have been. It's always nice for you to see a divisional rival get a high. Yeah, but it is the Patriots, though. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the best thing I think I saw after it, I was a bit surprised by the score, obviously. But it's the fact that it's twenty-eight minus three equals twenty-five. Uh, it's just like the Falcons are never going to get away from it, are they? Uh, I, I mean, the Falcons' offense, what's what's happened? I mean, and they haven't really, other than one or two weeks, haven't really set the world alight. But I know they've got a couple of injuries in that, but it's just what's happened. It's just got to the point now they can't even score a touchdown. Um, Patriots are rolling. Obviously, we're going to probably touch more about that when it comes to the Bills, but, well, they're top. So <laughs> we've let it happen. The Bills have let it happen. And are they going to grab it now and just rub it in their face? So... The Patriots, there's no denying it. This is the best I've seen them play for you know, a couple of years now. So Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I, I didn't watch the game. I watched the highlights. But, Lee, that Patriots defence is just... I know it was the Falcons, but they continue to shine. And I suppose, like James was saying there, with, with the Falcons, if it's, it's entirely on Ryan. If he has a really good day, they look like they could do something. But he didn't, and they did. No, and the Patriots are like annoying. We thought we'd have gone away, didn't we? And now they're back, and it's just a bit like, oh, just it's like that annoying cold. It's like what you you just talking about, and it just won't go away, will it? That's what the Patriots are. They're the COVID, the COVID scare of the NFL. Give us a vaccine. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. That's what we thought Tom Brady going to the books was, um, but no, it's not. I mean, it's Bill Belichick, isn't it? I mean, like you said, the defense just too too good. Um, like the offense is humming, like it's going long, but the defense is just too too good. And like I say. I mean, you mentioned the the deficit and the, the margin of victory, and obviously the, the historical like kind of implications of that. But the, the Falcons have never beaten Bill Belichick either. Ten and ten wins over the Falcons to to no losses. 
Wow. So yeah, it's just some magic spell that he's got over Matt Ryan and, and this team. But yeah, it's like I say, hopefully they'll go away eventually, and Matt Jones will kind of become a bit of a pumpkin again. But yeah, maybe maybe it's going to take Bill to go away. I don't know. But yeah, it's a bit annoying that the Patriots are still around. And like you said before, the Bills, what they're doing, like let us have some peace from this team in the AFC for a little while. I mean, I think that's the thing. We all probably thought at least one more year the Patriots being at best a seven or eight win team. We'd all mm. been happy with that. If they come back after that fair play, but like just have one more year off, please. Just the thing me. is, you want them, you want them to be like seven and eight. You don't want them to get like a top five pick. You want them to be yeah. there in that little purgatory of just being not good awesome. enough to be getting the playoffs, but not crap enough to get a good pick. But, but Lee, like I thought that last year, I was thinking, oh, they're going to probably struggle to get a quarterback. And then I'm not saying Matt Jones, you know, <laughs> the about Matt Jones and the Falcons, right. they just allowed him to have him. Well done, everyone. Um, but to be fair, the other thing on the Falcons, they run out of people to throw an interception because they, they went through Josh Rosen and Franks and they they all threw the interception. That's just a, that's a start of the day for me. <laughs> I forgot Josh Rosen was still a thing. Was, you know, was well, I, I think it's about to end. Yeah, he's just... All the spring tournaments coming up, I think Josh Rosen will be a quarterback in that league. Was it the US Football League that's just been announced this this week? Is it? Yeah, that's back again. First overall pick, maybe of that. That's something <laughs> to hang your heart on, isn't it? That puts me off watching it now. <laughs> I mean, who'd have thought we'd be sitting here at the end of week eleven, talking about Patriots at the top of the East, and obviously that is indeed where we are because the Bills took an absolute pasting um, at home for the Colts. We get to the Bills in a minute, but. James, we need to apologise to some Colts fans if they're out there because we didn't, you know, and we we've we've backed them, we've put our money on them this year, but we didn't back them to win this game. I mean, there's only one place to start with that, Jonathan Taylor. It's been it's been coming because every week he puts up numbers, but that was just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I think I put a tweet out there, and, it, and it's just what was going through my brain because it just we've been saying it for a couple of weeks, like maybe they should run the ball a bit more. Because Jonathan Tadley has been doing great, and then they went starts throwing the ball and then turns it over. So it's almost like they went, maybe Jonathan Taylor could be quite good at this game. Maybe we should hand the ball off and let him have a chance. And then they just realise, ah, this is how we win. Mm. Um, and if they go down that route, you know, Carson Wentz could be more of a complimentary quarterback to that scenario. It's not all on his back. So yeah, I, I'm fearful. I mean, if on the Titans, they're, they're unless they slip up a bit, which they just have, obviously. Um, they have got a bit in, in the bank, um, so they shouldn't really fall that much out of control. And the Colts, if they catch them, would be an incredible catch. But they, if they sneak into playoffs, no one's going to want the Colts, I don't think. They're a good defence, they're well coached, and they seem to be finding their way on offence, so it's dangerous. I think they're going to be a bit limited by Wentz, though, moving forward. I mean, it's like, like you say, you can ride Jonathan Taylor for as long as you like, and Obviously, it's hard to stop the run. I'm a Chargers fan, so I know all about that. So, obviously, <laughs> they're going to be a problem for us if they if they come up against us in the playoffs. I wouldn't like to face Jonathan Taylor. But when you you know your quarterbacks throwing, what was it? Was he like twenty passes that he threw or something like that? Like that's yeah. not a recipe for success. You've got to be able to do it one, you know, both ways sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how far they get in the playoffs. They might make it because the South on the AFC side is not very good. So, um, but yeah, no, this was a bit of a shock, wasn't it? Um, but low-key low winner for this one, Philadelphia Eagles, because if the Colts keep doing well, that looks like it's going to become a first-round pick, doesn't it? Because Wentz is going to keep playing. Yeah, true. That's almost signed, sealed, delivered, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was a perfect storm in some ways, for them because the weather was abysmal, um, mm. which was fine for, for Indy because they just wanted to pound it, pound the rock, and it's, it's easy to do that in those conditions. 
The Bills, on the other hand, don't really have a running game. They don't know who their back is. They try and use everyone. They ended up needing Allen to throw the ball, which is hard to do in those conditions. And it, that's exactly how it played out. So somebody called, I can't remember who it was, someone I follow called the Bills frauds <laughs> after that result. Um, a little bit harsh. Maybe. I, f- I feel like everyone just, it's that type of season that you can't overreact too much because it feels like every week you're like, oh, this team's definitely making it. And then they go and have a weird result. The Titans obviously going to be another prime example later. Um, just as a weird question that's just popped in my head. You was mentioning Carson Wentz, Lee. It's in my head, this is a similar scenario, but I think I know who I would go for. So you have either Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor or Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb and their running game. Which one would you choose, like especially quarterback wise? Well, I mean, the Nick Chubb, let's take it, take it step by step. Nick Chubb versus Jonathan Taylor, it's not a great deal between it. Uh, I'd suppose Nick Chubb's probably slightly better. As everyone um, but then Baker Mayfield versus Carson Wentz. <laughs> oh, That's I the mean, big one. that is a big one. I mean, Baker's probably like a better facilitator, he's probably more accurate and things like that. So I'd probably go for Baker and Nick Chubb, but. Like you say, it's kind of like a choice between being stabbed and shot, really, isn't it? <laughs> That's one way of putting it, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Poor Colts fans. I, don't, I, I forget how much I'm winning when they win the Super Bowl, James. Yeah, if I think it was, I'll put two quid on it, so probably about 60 quid. <laughs> I'll uh, take it. We'll talk about it a lot. Uh, we can wrap up the AFC East uh, as it goes, as there was a divisional game between Jets and the Dolphins, Miami winning that one by a score. I mean, not really much to separate the two teams. Did anything stand out to either of you two gentlemen? Um, I think it's just the growth of Elijah Moore more mm. than anything. He, yeah, the way they're using him, he's showing that he, at this level, that he's making plays that some people said he wouldn't do. Um, yeah. We know the talent was there from college. He was one of my favourites, but... Yeah, I didn't think he'd probably hit the ground running this quickly. And and, and it's just they're throwing him the ball, which helps. Um, and to be fair, Joe Flacco had a solid game in this game. I didn't see, I haven't watched it. I only read zone a little bit I saw of it. Um, but yeah, it, there's, there's definitely some positives for the Jets. I'm, we never expected much from them. And I think the odd win here and there has made it feel a bit differently. But they're a pretty poor team who've got a few young stars potentially coming through, which is exactly what you want. You get a high draft pick, you build for the future. And then you worry about it maybe in a year or two. Um, but the, for the Dolphins, they shouldn't be down there. was not what we believed. Um, so it's fair place to them. A win's a win. I mean, they probably don't want to win either because they're out of contention. But at the same time, you know, these games, they should have been winning. We shouldn't have been sitting there going, who wins this game? That wasn't how it was supposed to be this year. So, you know, Tua made a couple of nice plays. He did okay. He did fine. For me, that's another little tick for towards the Tua side of things. So I don't know, but you're right. It wasn't like, oh, wow, the Dolphins are great or... You know, the Jets had a really good game here. It was just two poor teams that one team played a little bit better than the other. Yeah, it's kind of like two bald men and a cone kind of situation, this isn't it? And like you say, I don't think like either. There's team a reason really why I wear a cap. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, like I, I pick up on what you said, James. Like the Jets actually have made some quite decent picks in the, the early rounds recently. You know, Michael Carter. I know he's got injured in this game, but again, he's another one big favourite mm. of mine last year. And, He's looked pretty decent from what I've seen. I don't have to watch the Jets every week. I'm not a sadist, but, um, you know, it's one of them from what I've seen of him. He's, he's been pretty decent. And if I think Zach Wilson can sort himself out and actually become an NFL quarterback or even just like half serviceable, you know, so you don't have to roll out Joe Flacco or Mike White or anyone like that or whoever else is going to be pulled out of retirement to play for the Jets next year. 
you know, and they're going to have another high pick again. So, yeah, they, I mean, they could be low-key building something. I'm not saying they're, you know, going to be great next year or in two years' time, but they're going to have some nice pieces. Like, it seems like they've got a decent offensive line on the on the go and good running backs. Like you say, Elijah Moore's there if they can sort the quarterback out. You know, we're getting some pieces together and maybe they can be something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we said something very similar a couple of weeks ago. We tried, we're trying to find light for some teams where it doesn't feel like there is much <laughs> that's who we are uh we can go through some of the more sort of low-key games um start with what i think we all hoped was going to be a real showstopper between the chiefs and the cowboys um and it wasn't 19-9 in the end it's been a very long time since dak through for 216 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions. He was sacked five times as well. We wouldn't have put the Chiefs up as the defence who was going to do that to him. No, but I did sort of mention last week, the last few weeks, as much as I get onto the Chiefs' defence being terrible, mm. it has actually been fairly good and it's been hanging in there making plays. And this week they've jumped up. They was getting pressure to that the whole game and yeah. not many people have been able to do that. And they was blitzing, which... You know, Dak's one of the better ones against Blitzers, but I think to be honest, there were some issues with the line. It just, it just, they was there. Like every time he went to drop back, mm. 67% of the time he was having to move around or he was just getting hit. So that's never, it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to struggle when that happens. So the Chiefs, to be fair, the defense, their, their, their star players are stepping up. I always, I, I get frustrated with the Chiefs defense because all I ever hear about is how good Jones is and bits of pieces. And I'm like, they are, they have little moments, but like as a whole defense, they're not good enough, but they are stepping up and um, it's a bit worrying. They're stepping up at the right time. And to be fair, they're bailing out the offense who <clears throat> you can't really put too much on in this game because they scored quite early and it felt like they just went into second gear and just rode it out a bit. But wasn't anything that jumped out and gone, well, they're back. They made some nice plays occasionally, but as the game dragged on, it was a bit like mm, Holmes is struggling a little bit. But when you're winning games like this, obviously just getting the wins the most important. A bit like we said at the start, it's like one 28 points. We don't think anyone saw that as a total. Um, 19 9 to the Chiefs, didn't really think that would happen. And neither quarterback throwing a touchdown mm. wasn't what I don't think anyone believed was going to happen, which is always the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird game, wasn't it? And just to pick up a, a point for each team, really, like on the Chiefs defense, yeah, like you say, it, it is becoming serviceable, which was not the case a few weeks ago, which mm. is kind of annoying as a Chargers fan. Um, it's nice to see the offense struggling because that's kind of the, the side of the ball that leads that team. You know, the, the defense is kind of just there to make up the numbers in some senses, um, especially, you know, when you see the games, you know, against the Rams a couple of years ago and things like that. But one thing I think has become um, one thing that's kind of boosted them quite a lot is Melvin Ingram going there. Again, makes me sick in my mouth as a charge fan to say that a little bit. But um, it, it's allowed Chris Jones to move back into the middle where he was playing on the edge and he's not really been like mobile enough or bendy enough to do that. You know, Melvin Ingram played on the edge now as Mal. Jones to do well, which has given them some more push. And like, like you guys have just said, Dak was on the run the whole game. Mm. And for me, like the Cowboys, like they just seem to have got away from what they're good at and what they've kind of been built on, the running game. Like mm. they ran Zeke nine times, Pollard seven times. That's not the Dallas Cowboys that we've seen over the past few years. I know that, like you say, they've got troubles on the line and things like that. I mean, but you can't expect to go away from what's made you the, a good team and expect to come away with a win. You know, you only need to clear nine, 19 points, you know, three scores. Dallas should be able to do that, you know. And like you say, it's good for the Chiefs that they got out with this one with a win because Dallas are a good team, which is, again, kind of annoying to say. But, um, yeah, I mean, work to be done for both these teams, I think. 
I think it's a good point. I, I feel frustrated with teams like this who do have another option. They kind of either get away from the run too quickly because they're falling behind, or if it's not working, do something. And I just didn't really feel like the Cowboys really did anything. Like, And it's not just them. I felt there's been quite a few teams this year, including the Bucks, where there's been a couple of times you're just like, well, the run game was working okay. Maybe mm. you should go back to it. You're only a score behind. You're not chasing a 20-point yeah. deficit here. And I feel like teams are just like, no, we've got a passing quarterback. We're going to go down that route. And sometimes it's just so predictable. And I think teams work it out. And I think this is another example of that. Mm. I think my biggest take from the game is just, unfortunately, the, the taunting penalty that was given against CEH. It just, this sort of stuff just makes me want to poke my own eyes out because it's just, it's just nothing. It's absolutely nothing. And I know I'm all for them saying, you know, we want to clamp down on things. We'll clamp down on some things that matter. Um, because this really doesn't. And I, it just makes you think back to like, can you imagine if they did it in like soccer, English football, and you got punished for it? There'd be no bastard left on the pitch by the end of the game. I mean, Eric Cantona might have been in a bit of trouble. <laughs> Chopping in the crowd and kicking someone in the face. I mean, <laughs> even that was like, oh, we'd we'll sort of talk to you after the game. <laughs> Honestly, it just, it, we, can, we can move. It just, Really annoying. It is frustrating. The taunting rule needs some sort of adjustment because it's just frustrating. Um, Raiders missed a chance to keep up with pace with the Chiefs. They were beaten pretty comfortably by the Bengals. And another game where the Raiders can't run the ball. And everyone at the start of the season are like, that's a nice little one-two combo they've got themselves there. And it's just been a disaster. I think... As of last week, they were at something like 85 yards a game or something like that um, on the day. Yeah. I mean, this is where I wish I'd, I knew a little bit more about the trenches and maybe when I'm looking at tape, I say tape, watching the video of the game or highlights, I sometimes wish I could like look at it in a different way because I know that they got rid of most of their line and it just seemed like the most outrageous thing to do in the offseason. And they managed to patch it up to some level. But I remember everyone saying Jacobs is going to struggle this year because the line it's a new line and it's not as good as it was and it feels like I mean I don't know obviously Jacob's been injured a bit I haven't watched him that closely but I can only assume that's got I've had a big part of it I mean I've watched a couple of games it just looked frustrating mixture of mm-hmm. Jacob's not maybe being that explosive but also not really getting much of an opportunity to run the ball so I, I feel like they unfortunately fans too much has happened we, we said it last week but they really miss like a Henry Ruggs right now. They just need a bit of someone who could just inject a bit of life in that offense. It's not like Derek Carr's not trying. It's you know I think the difference is that they've just lost a bit of morale. They've lost where they was going. They've lost that piece or two, and now they just look like a bland team. They've oh, I fear for them to be fair. And to be fair to the Bengals, they looked relatively comfortable without setting the world alight. Joe Burrow had a solid game without really doing that much. Really, the run game. Joe Mixon had a good day. Fair play for the Bengals. They've had a bye week. They've come back and smashed it. So keeps them alive. I'd agree with what you're saying, James. It's like, you know, the Raiders, like you've mentioned about their controversy and how tumultuous their season's been. You know, they've obviously lost the coach and they've had the Rugs incident. I mean, can you blame them for going into their shells a little bit? It's, it's been such a bad season in terms of off the field. You know, that's affected them on the field. Derek Carr, as much as some members of the media love to kind of hype him up miles too much, he's not the sort of quarterback that can kind of do it all by himself. He's, you know, we talk about trucks and trailers and tracks and trailers and things like that. And he's definitely a trailer. You know, he needs people around mm. him to, to bring all that out of him. He yeah. can't do it by himself. You know, and he, when you're coming up against a resurgent Bengals team, who, mm. you know, the best they've been for a long, long time, you're just overmatched, especially with the talent they've got nowadays. It's just one of them. 
This is it, James. Remember at the start of the season when uh, we said we talked about expectations for teams and we talked to Peter, uh, who's a friend of the show, a big Bengals fan. We said, you know, there'll be four wins. They'll be happy with four wins as a, as a building block. And they're at six, <laughs> they're at six already. And yeah, they're, um, they're, they're, they're more than that. They're definitely in the playoff hunt. They're a very, very capable side. That's for sure. Uh, Cardinals go 9-2 for the season without Kyler and Hopkins. We had Jordan on the show, didn't we, last week? Jordan Merritt, who's a big Seahawks fan, and it wasn't lost on me that, I don't know whether it was half-time or maybe a little bit after that, I saw his Twitter post about, you know, maybe it was time to move on from Pete Carroll and probably Russ as well, and he was kind of all in on blowing it up. And you you can understand... um, why he's feeling like that because you know it was another half if not a little bit more of football where they just looked absolutely toothless I mean he looked like he was having a mental breakdown when he was going through that little phase on the episode last week because you could tell he was trying to process what he thinks should happen what people are saying but he was also defending keeping Carroll he was leaning on keeping Carroll maybe letting Wilson go and rebuilding it in some level but you could tell watching this game, <laughs> he was meeting the uh, the same opinion of a lot of other Seahawks fans that are saying, like, it's time for Carroll to go, or maybe one of them to go, or maybe both of them to go and start again. It's a, it's a hard one to say that, but uh, it does feel like something's got to change. I mean, Russell's just coming off an injury. I don't feel like he's quite back yet. I mean, I'm not making excuses for him. He said he's feeling fine and he's throwing the ball fine, but something just doesn't seem quite right with the offence. But then the defence... Even though it's slightly stepped up without him, it's just still back to being, eh, it's okay. But against a good offense, I say a good offense, it's got Colt McCoy leading it. Um, like Jordan said, Colt McCoy beat him with the Giants last year. So, it, you know, the, the Cardinals, have, from the Cardinals' point of view, they're two and one without their quarterback. I mean, there's not many times, of, and not just that, they're losing their star wide receiver as well. There's not many teams who will be able to do that. And it's not as like they've played like cupcakes, they have actually played three decent games. If, you, if they come one and two, you'd have said that's good. Um, you know, obviously, last game wasn't so good, but the other two, they've, they, they dominate this game. It was too easy. Mm-hmm. I felt like they, you know, they just did what they needed to do, and f- f- that's where I think for the Seahawks fans, if I was a Seahawks fan, I'd be like, I can't. We've been on and off like this for the last couple of years, and this was a chance for us to grab this. The Cardinals are missing their two key pieces. Go in and nick this game. We've got the, we've got a good enough players or whatever. We should be competing, and they wasn't competing. And I think, mm-hmm. I think for me. I'm not saying they necessarily have to make wholesale changes, but I, there's a point where this team feels like it's hanging on and it just needs to do something. Whether that's blow it up and start again or whether it's change the head coach, it just feels like they're going through a cycle. They're not quite committing to one or the other and they're just going to end up being an okay team forever. For me, I mean, I'm, I'd like to go a step further and obviously I'd bow to Jordan's obviously expertise in his team and things like <laughs> that. Um, I'm obviously an outsider looking in, but to me, I'd, I'd go a step further. I'd get rid of John Schneider as well. Because if you get the GM and you get a new head coaching, but you keep John Schneider there, his draft philosophy is going to be exactly the same. Yeah. And how far are you going to get when, you know, you have to hit on the late rounds every single time because, you know, they trade out of the first round and you have to then make the right picks. And they've not, you know, LJ Collier has been like a scratch every single game this week. I don't have the their recent draft in front of me, but I know he's one of them in particular where they've had an early pick. He was a first round pick and they've not hit on them, no. you know, especially in the first round. So, yeah, you can, you can trade away Wilson for however many first-round picks, but, you know, what are you going to do with them? You know what I mean? You're going to just Very trade them into that. six second-round picks and a bunch of thirds and things like that. What are you going to do? So I think you've got to keep Wilson because he's the lifeblood of the franchise. You've got some good players on both sides of the ball. 
and you need to get rid of the GM and get rid of the head coach as well and have a new vision there, you know. That's my opinion anyway, just from the outside. Of no, that, that's a very fair point because I was thinking if you got rid of Ross and did manage to get two first rounds, a couple of second rounds, Jordan made that exact point. He said, we are not very good picking in the first round or even the second round in a lot of recent drafts. And obviously, like you said, they normally move out of it because they just know they're not good at it. I, the first round is, unless you're picking at the end, I feel like if you're picking in the top 20, you should be at least getting a good player. Like, even if you don't know much about college, you could probably work out roughly what's a good player. So it is frustrating how certain teams are useless at it. You think if nothing else, you should hit on the first round, maybe the second round. If you're struggling after that, that's understandable. You start taking shots in the dark. But um, yeah, the Seahawks haven't been good at it. And that's why they know in a situation they have to rely on giving up so much to get experienced players. But then what happens is you lack that depth and talent and eventually it catches up with you. But you're right. I think the GM moving on, head coach potentially. If Russ goes, then you need to do the whole lot because, you you know, what's the point of hanging on to Russ and then keeping the pick? You know, you might as well just do the whole lot. But um, something needs to change. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, the 49ers are back to level pegging, uh, five and five after a straightforward win over the Jags. They've got a big second half of the season coming up, um, big game next week, actually, which we'll get mm. to later, I'm sure. Um, but you know, they've got Kittle back, uh, they've got Wilson back, so they have a running back available out of their 75 on the roster. You've got Debo Samuel, who's trying to make himself a bit of a bit of Cordero Patterson, bit of a bit of a you know, back. I, know, I know he's a bit better than him, James. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> he's very talented. But yeah, they've got, they need to kind of put something together now because they've shown, done that usual thing where they've shown flashes throughout the season and then they lose a game you wouldn't expect them to lose. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of run they can put together now. Yeah, I, I was thinking of my sitting here with having to take some humble pie of these last two weeks. Mm. But then given what I said last week, they, you know, he, um, They've got the ruling over um, Sean McVay's team. Um, they always beat them. They've beaten them, beat them five times. And then they're beating the Jacks. I mean, that's, let's calm down on that front. This next week, I think next this week is going to be the one where if they win that, then yes, they're very much there. They've shut me up and they're very much back in it. They're a good solid team as such, but I want more from them. But they've done everything they can do the last two weeks. I can't, you know, fair play. They've played really well, schemed it brilliantly. Beating the Rams like they did was impressive beating the Jags fairly well, well done. Um, this one now, the Vikings is the big one for me. Like if they can prove to me they can do it again against another good team, then I'll, I'll be back in on the 49ers being in the playoff hunt. <laughs> they, could, they could backdoor into the playoff hunt because, you know, like you say, they're off two big wins. They've got, I would say, a 50-50 game against the Vikings next week. Then we've got the crap Seahawks team that the Dolphins has been slagging <laughs> off. Then they've got the Falcons and the Texans still to come. And then the Rams on the final game of the season. We've just said how much of a spell they've got over the Rams in the minute. So, you know, we're looking at what, maybe what, three, four wins just out of that. I mean, they've got the Titans and the Bengals in there as well. And I'm probably saying they're probably the underdogs in both those games. But, you know, you're looking at what they're now, five and five. So you're looking at maybe if they get nine wins, they could yeah. backdoor it. Definitely, yeah. And then once again, once they're there, you know, another team you don't really want to face, but... I, I don't know. Like basically, I've just got to that point where I'm just a bit fed up with hearing how well coached they are, and I'm not knocking it. I'm not. A yeah, lot of people had, are like that, I think. Yeah, I, I, they've had a lot of injuries, but I feel like they hide behind the injuries. They've had one very good year where they didn't have as many injuries, and mm. they got to prove what they could do, and they got to the Super Bowl, and probably should have done better than they did. But every other year, I just feel like it, you know, a few injuries happen. Oh, if it weren't for the injuries, we would have won 10, 11 games. It's like we keep hearing it year in, year out, and it was heading that way again this year. But they've turned it around. Um, they look a much better team, more exciting to watch. 
defense is just doing okay, doing all right, and the offense is a little bit exciting again. So they're shutting me up, put it that way. <laughs> Someone should. I agree. <laughs> Everyone agrees. Uh, biggest result of the weekend, obviously, biggest shock was the Texans getting the win over the Titans. Um, I'm not sure where it all went wrong. We'll, talk, we'll get into that, but I mean, that's the first time I've seen Ryan Tannehill, who's usually just so, he's so, you know, you know what you're going to get. He's Mr. Reliable, or he certainly has been in this in this last couple of years. That's the most stressed and the most harassed I've ever seen him look. Um, four interceptions on the day, sacked twice. Just everything that could have went wrong, went wrong for him. Yeah, I mean, every time he seems to get close to scoring, he'll turn the ball over. Not just, you know, it was there was a lot... A lot went wrong in this game, but that was obviously a big blip. But ironically, we've been saying, I only said last week, at some point their luck's got to run out because it feels like they're just about doing enough and then other teams are making mistakes and it's allowed them to win. Well, this week, they go and get 420 total yards and lose to a team that had a total of 190 yards. <laughs> There's not many times you see that stat line and then you start find out the team lost by nine points. But the turnovers killed them. Um, the Texans made the most of their opportunities and the other team didn't. I mean, it was just as simple as that, but it's such a Titans thing to do. You know, we say every like every year they 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 win games, you're like, I didn't see them winning that. They've won that game. And then they play teams that you're like, they should beat them, and they don't. They've lost to the Jets and the Texans. It's just I can't work the Titans out. I suppose if they're big time players and they're gonna play really well against good teams, that bodes well when you're in the playoffs. But it just it's just a tough team to work out. They'll be on, they'll bounce back. They'll they're heading towards the playoffs, but what a weird game. I'll I'll ask the sort of question of Related to what we were kind of talking about earlier with Dallas, like are the Titans getting? Did they get away from what they're good at? I know they don't have Derek Henry at the moment, and obviously they don't have a runner like him. There is no runner like him. But you know, Ryan Tannehill threw the ball fifty-two times, mm-hmm. and I know they were down. But like you said, James earlier, you're not down by that much. You're down by twelve mm-hmm. at half time. It's two touchdowns. It's not that much. You know, in a half, anyone can score two yeah. touchdowns against the Texans as well. Man, come on. You know, you're getting away from what you what you're good at, and you're getting away from who you are as a team. You're making Ryan Tannehill of all people. Like you say, he's a good quarterback. He's fine, but you don't want him to throw the ball 52 times. I think in their last two games that they won, he threw the ball 27 times each. You know, they didn't play Derek Henry that time either. So did they just get away from themselves? Did they kind of just betray themselves a little bit? And who have they got next? The Patriots, and they you know that Bill Belichick will make him throw the ball a bunch of times as well, especially on the back of this. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. I think you're spot on. Absolutely. Um, there's three games which all finished within three points of each other. Uh, we started with the Ravens at the Bears, and I'm going to admit, I'm going to be honest, fess up. I left the room briefly on Sunday night, went to get myself another drink, and when I left the room, the Bears were winning. <laughs> and then I came back in, and I sat down, and I'd must have been watching the game for a good couple of minutes before I looked at the screen and thought, oh, the Ravens are winning. <laughs> so someone is going to have to fill in the gaps as to what happened there because I missed it. I mean, I let Lee go because I was out most of Sunday. So I haven't seen any of this game, Jackson, unfortunately. So <laughs> I'm not, not the one to ask, unfortunately. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I watched the highlights and... Um... They had a very good drive, obviously, led by Huntley. They went straight down the other end really quickly and scored a touchdown to win the game. But outside that, Andy, I can't really answer much. 
I mean, Andy Dalton came in and gave a bit of life to the Bears because the first half that offense wasn't really doing a lot. Mm. I, I don't know. Like, obviously, I love Justin Fields, so and I don't expect him to set the world alike, really. But he just feels like uh, I just feel like every time you start thinking he's starting to make that progress, he's not. It's not always just on him because we know that line's not great, but he just wasn't really doing much. And then he got injured, obviously, and Dalton came in and just I don't know, he just threw the ball, I guess. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know. If the Bears came out of that and stuck, snuck a win, it would have been like, wow, well done. <laughs> but, but yeah, fair play to the Ravens. I mean, once again, a backup quarterback, not ideal. For them, that's a massive win. I, th- I feel like the once again, I've heard stuff from listening to around the NFL, this is generally why I know anything about this game, is the fact that there was a couple of, I think, fourth down plays where Matt Nagy was once again not sure what to do. The crowd influenced him and apparently he, he took time out and changed the play. And then they was all like booing him because it was like, well, because because we all booed you, you've now gone and done like gone for it on fourth and one, I think it was. And then they mucked it up and they didn't get it. So it sounds like, well, we know what about Matt, Matt Nagy. We don't need to go on about him. But it sounds like the Ravens believed in themselves. They just believed that they could do it. And it felt like the Bears didn't. And that was the difference. I had a look at the, the stat line uh, after the game. Tyler Huntley was sacked six times uh, in that game tough going for him but I was actually shocked to see that and I thought is that you know is that a weakness in that Ravens team turns out it is there's only two people who've been sacked more than Lamar this season so it's something that their quarterbacks need to be used to but I suppose uh, Lamar's always on the run anyway so but as much as we get on his back when you're an elusive runner like that mm. that actually makes it worse if he's getting sacked because he will probably be making plays with his legs where he probably you know Brady would be getting sacked obviously because yeah. he stands like a statue ready for it but he's making plays where he's running out the pocket and getting away from him so that just shows how bad that actually is and what an issue that is other guesses to um, who the two are that have been sacked more than he has uh, I feel like we talked about this not long ago we have you've just been talking about one of them oh it's not Brady no <laughs> Fields Right, okay, yeah, that makes sense. He got yeah. sacked about 15 times in one in game. One, in one game, yeah. <laughs> and you've just we've just recently been talking about the other one as well, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I wouldn't have thought that. Getting, getting a bit Poor of a Tannehill. Uh, I tell you what, though, just going back to him quickly, one of the interceptions he threw, he showed some uh, he showed some decent wheels chasing chasing back to try and recover the ball. I was impressed by his pace. It wasn't a very impressive tackle he made at the end of it, but it was like a... The, the going, yeah, you know when quarterbacks do that like token gesture tackle where they know that they're not going to try... Bridgewater. And, yeah, it was the like, same one, like Teddy Bridgewater. He's <laughs> quite good. When he's gone past you. Um I mean, really, honestly, we don't. How much do we need to say about the Browns against the Lions? Because uh, it, it won't do any of us any good. Uh, it was awful. Good running games. Uh, I mean, this sounds harsh to say, it, and I hope we don't have any Browns fans listening who are going to jump on my back. I don't think we do. It's hard to say because they're, they, you know, they're at six. I think they're at six and five. Uh, the winning record, but this just feel like they're trending all downhill. Uh, and it's because we built them up so much, we thought we were going to get so much more from them. Those first few weeks really sucked us in because the offence was fairly exciting. But, I mean, uh, once again, I feel like I just get on Baker Mayfield's back more often than not. He is injured. He is playing not 100%, but even when he's 100%, it's not much better. Um, 
the run game, it's all about the run game. It really is. I don't know how else to say it. When Nick Chubb plays well, when they run the ball and it's successful, they win. If they don't and it falls a bit on Baker, more often than not, they don't, and unless you're coming up a really bad team. But they've won by three points against the Lions team, which didn't even have Jared Goff, and it's not even like Boyle was an upgrade because he wasn't. I mean, 15 from 23 for 77 yards and two interceptions. And they, they still only lost by three. I've, I just don't understand. I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know what? Maybe Jarvis Landry's the answer. Maybe he should be the quarterback because obviously they do a few a few little trick plays and they, they'll get Landry involved. And he, you know, he throws a touchdown. He runs touch. He was under center one time. And how exciting was that? 16 yard run for a touchdown. Maybe he's the answer. Hasn't <laughs> hasn't Jarvis Landry got like the highest quarterback rating of any active player or something like that? <laughs> It is mad. He doesn't very. Well, he, is, he, is, he is very effective when he gets to, to throw the ball. Put Baker in. Put Baker's receiver and just put Landry as the quarterback. Well, we had didn't we have a game last year where was it Denver's yeah. fifth choice running back or something like that to be the quarterback for a game because it was a quarterback with COVID. College, and he, he had one yeah. attempt. One attempt, I think. Tragic, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it's the Saints. I remember it well. Um, the last of those close games was, of course, the mighty, mighty Minnesota Vikings taking care of business against the Packers. Um, you know, for the, the games like this, records and form and everything else, it, it, it just doesn't matter. It's just about winning this game. Um, I thought, you know, offensively, we did really well. Uh, we we took the game to them. We've heard a lot of stuff since then about how Mike Zimmer said he wants Cousins to to keep doing that and to, to go for the for the throw all of a sudden it's very odd at the age of 750 that <laughs> he suddenly had this um you know light bulb moment where he's like actually that's how we should be playing so whether it's just talk or not we'll see i think that's the only way we can finish the season really he was really cousins was really good again but i'm bored of saying that this season um jefferson monster game we had our look at times but there's there some questionable calls on both sides of the ball really um and we only gave up three penalties, which was a massive plus for us. Because <laughs> normally we're like a 10, 12 penalty team. So, yeah. I wouldn't, I, w- I won't say too much more about it because I wouldn't want to gloat. Oh, that's unlike you, Andy. It is actually unlike you, to be fair. The only thing I'll say, I've only watched the highlights of this game, but you know, when you watch a game and it's just a really good game where both teams yeah. played fairly well and the officers, offenses have certainly played well and the defense has had moments, but also could have done better. But generally, as an overall, it was just a really good game, but no one could really say the Vikings didn't deserve to nick that. Either way, it could have been the Packers. But um, from what I saw, yeah, it, it felt like Kirk was a little bit unleashed. I mean, he, I think he came out and said in a press conference that I probably got away with quite a few throws there. I felt like I was just going for it mm. and it's a bit like that just sums up the vikings because they're so worried about making turn by like doing turnovers and not going on it a fourth down because you might not get it it's that's from zimmer we know that but it does feel like the offense is if you could just give a little bit more to it they're good for 25 plus points most weeks against decent teams so it was good to see they backed him and they, and they went for it they were at that point of the season where it's like you've got to and they went toe-to-toe, with no doubt about it, one of the better teams in the NFL. And there's no way anyone can tell me that the Vikings didn't deserve this any more than the Packers. But also to the Packers, they had a, they played really well as well. It wasn't like, you know, they had a disappointing display. Rodgers played well. The offense played well. The one thing I'll say, Andy, you've watched much more than I have. I feel like Cook's been good this year, but he's not the level that he can be. So 
if he can just slightly step, I mean, you haven't, you know, you need to win more games, obviously. But if he can play a little bit better, because you know he can, this offense is pretty good as it is. So there's still potential no. growth. And that's what I like about it. No problems offensively at all. Even, even you know, everyone expected this big season from Irv Smith. <laughs> uh, very, very talented kid. But if he can't stay fit, it's never going to happen. And all the while he's out injured, Tyler Conklin's come in and had a brilliant season. So, you know, there's, there's lots to like about it. Um, I don't know. Lee, any thoughts on that game? Well, I'll just kind of pick up from what you've kind of what you both kind of just said that the Vikings have kind of seen that their moment is to go and they've gone, haven't they? You know, you doubted us last week in a close one. And obviously you've done won a won a close game again. Kirk does seem like he's taking a little few more risks. I was actually surprised at how many risky shows he actually got involved in, because obviously mm. all you hear about is he's conservative and how few interceptions he throws and how few inceptable passes he actually throws. But yeah, he did take a few risks last week and he seems to have done the same this week. So maybe they've kind of had a bit of a change in sort of mindset and thought, thought well, we're down at three and five or whatever it was a couple of weeks ago. If we're going to do anything this season, we have to go now. You know, we've got two tough games coming up against the Chargers and the Packers and they've gone out and won both of them. So yeah, fair play. And obviously you've got another, like I say, we've got another time cost of the game next week as well. So if you continue to win, you know, we've got a couple of easy games coming up as well. Lions, I think, in a couple of weeks. So, you know, we could be still talking about a team that's kind of changed its fortunes over the past few weeks. Totally. Um, and, you know, there's, it's not surprising when you look at the games we win, those are the games where Justin Jefferson gets more receptions. Yeah. And um, yeah. He, he, people just can't handle him, whether it's two people or one person in coverage. It's just throwing the ball. He's an absolute monster. A couple of interesting stats off the back of this game before we move on. Since 2016, the Vikings are 7-4-1 against Green Bay. I like that's, that one. Yeah, that's a bit surprising. And this one is why I look the way I do. Eight out of ten games this season have been decided on the final play of the game. That's not good. <laughs> well, no, but do you remember, we've always said that, and that might have been through a, a previous member of the Outside the Huddle, but we used to always say that. Teams that tend to, whether it's good or bad, sometimes teams that are constantly in that one score wins, one score losses, they're the teams that are sort of battle ready for what's coming later in the season. The teams that end up having it too easy, come out and win by 20 points and then don't bother the last quarter, they get so sucked in by the mentality of, oh, we just switch off now. It's you only got to get caught out in a game or two, especially in the playoffs. And then it's like, oh no, we've got to jump back in and you know go up the gears. And I think mm. I think the Vikings, if you ride this out, like um Lee's just said, if you nick the game against the 49ers, you beat the Lions, all of a sudden you're you're certainly in that playoff hunt. And there's no reason why you wouldn't get in there. And then once you're in there, you're you're you've gone through so much this year. You've lost games that you shouldn't have done. You've edged games out when you probably could have lost them. You know, I mean that that goes a long way. And this team will feel like it's grown so much. So you know, you're you're setting yourself up if you can get there. Not how you start, it's how you finish, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is we'll probably win the Super Bowl. If you do, I actually have money on you, so that's yeah. fine. We'll share it. All my money is on. We'll share it. Another close game, and another game that we call wrong. There's a pattern. <laughs> we call a lot of them wrong. Was Washington beating Carolina? Um, you know, full credit to Washington without their two big defensive names. Um, much needed win, and he didn't put up mega numbers really, but it was another all-action performance from 
little Taylor Heineke. We love him on the show. He's becoming our, you know, we used to have a crush on Josh Allen, but we've moved on from that. Um, it's all about Heineke now. Well, to be fair, we had a crush on Fitzgerald. Uh, Fitzgerald. <laughs> That's the wrong one. Yeah, Larry. We love Larry. As well. We love Larry. Yeah, he's a great quarterback. But uh, yeah, you're right. Heineke played brilliantly. He was absolutely spot on. Just just did what he needs to. Took his opportunities, made a few big plays, and obviously no turnovers. That's that's the one big thing on him. I come back to that point where this is the best scenario for Washington, I think. Whoever was quarterback right now would have probably been offering no more than what Heineke is. You know, they, they haven't gone and got someone in a draft. So the future's still in doubt. They're not going to probably win a Super Bowl in the future of either of these. Like, we know that. So for me, they limited themselves at the start of the year, but he's done nothing wrong in my eyes. I've heard some people going, oh, we're limited by Heineke. Well, you're not. You're no worse than what you would have been anyway. Um, fair play. They won this game. You know, the Panthers came into this as the best defense in the NFL. They have, have been great at times. I, 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 to say they're the best is really hard for me. I, I keep saying this, but they are very good. There's no getting away from it. And to win that game, it wasn't like they got well up. They was in this, this game was tight the whole way. It was a little bit behind initially, and they never gave up. They just they always looked they solid, solid from start to finish. Where that was the difference between them and the Panthers for me. And obviously, as a Bucks fan, I am ecstatic because I can't stand Cam Newton. And I, obviously, I just wanted that to end if nothing else. So <laughs> I'm pleased for Washington. I'm pleased for Riverboat Ron. Once again, he's had a poor start and he's starting to turn it around like he always does. Um, whether it's too late for them to really do anything in that division probably is, but. You know, fair play for Washington fans. That must have been, a, 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 you know, that was the sort of game you want. I want to just pick up on something you said there, James, about Tyler Heineke. Oh, uh, Taylor Heineke, sorry. Just, <sighs> you're right in what you're saying. He's not done anything wrong. But what Washington can't do is start believing too much in him and start oh, thinking, yeah. well, he must be the solution because no. he's just not. You know, they've got to go out and get a quarterback and he will become like a, a Tyrod Taylor kind of thing, whereas the kind yeah. of one of the best backups in the league and he's, might even get him a couple of picks if someone trades for him and things like that. They cannot fall into the trap of this. He's not a serviceable long-term option. Absolutely, yeah. If they do that, give up. <laughs> yeah, I think we... But NFL teams are stupid, right? And they, 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 some of them would fall into that trap. Yeah, you're right. Well, people were saying that in the off-season, to be fair, after the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. He had a fantastic game against the Bucks in the playoffs. Yeah. But... You knew there was more to it than just that. There weren't much tape on him. The Bucks were confused. It just it felt like the Bucks wasn't ready for him, really. And he mm. had a phenomenal game. But you knew full well he wasn't the solution even then. And yeah, he's all season people have been actually like I feel like Washington fans have been like, he's not been good enough. But you're right, a couple of games like this, they'll be like, Oh, maybe he is the future. But you're right, he's not the future. He's not the answer. He's fine as a solid, maybe a bridge gap if you need it. But if you get a, a rookie in the draft that you're just not quite sure is ready. But he's not the solution if you actually want to win anything. He's great to watch. Yeah. Uh, James, I got a message. Well, we got in, in, in a group message. We got a message from one of our friends over at Next Man Up Eagles podcast who said that they hope we continue to back against them because it usually ends up with them winning. And they continue to perplex winning what felt like the longest game of American football as well. <laughs> against the Saints um, and they've drafted a cracking quarter running back rather in Jalen Hurts as well <laughs> yeah uh, he does it all doesn't he um, apart from throw the ball <laughs> well this comes back to early in the season when we said the plan can't be letting him throw the ball 40 times a game because it felt like they won a couple early on but it was like that wasn't really the plan and the last few weeks they've really ran the ball a lot to the point that they've Hurts has been a 
taking a back step in the throwing the game, or even in the running game. This week, it was obviously about him finishing off drives, and he looked great in that sense. They've worked out what works for Jalen Hurts. They've worked out what's worked out for their team on offense, and the defense has been sneaky good at times. I mean, it's not great, but it's been sneaky good against teams when it needs to be, and they've hung in there, hence why they've done it every week, as well as some garbage time stuff. Um, I didn't quite see this coming. I know the Saints, obviously, that's their third straight defeat, I think. Um, but I didn't quite see that coming necessarily. But at the same time, you know, the Saints are missing a few key pieces and they seem to be only good in the fourth quarter. They've now, it feels like the Saints have turned into the Eagles where they're two or three scores behind and then they try again at the fourth quarter and get back in games. Um, once again, if you're listening, any Eagles fans, I know a couple of you do. I would like you to do well. Like This is what I wanted to see as the season progressed because the offense is doing what it should do. It's running the ball. It's doing enough in the passing game and putting points up. And that defense has then got a chance. And that's all you can ask. You're going you're gonna to nick games when you're doing that. For the Saints, I mean, I, when you've lost your starting quarterback, if that was your starting quarterback, I mean, who knows what's going on with the Saints. Where are they going right now? Because they've just... I don't get the Taysom Hill signing again. I know it's probably got like some hidden stuff in the background. But the fact they don't even know if he's a quarterback, whether he's a tight end, whether he's a running back, just sums up. He's a, a bit, he can do a bit of everything, but he's not good at anything. And I just don't get it. And obviously, at the moment, Trevor Simeon's been actually fairly good, but he's now starting to turn the ball over, and that actually hurt him in this game. Um, and obviously, they haven't had Kamara. So when Kamara comes back, I'm sure it'll be a little bit different. But that's, that's three big games to lose. They had the momentum by beating the Bucks. The last few weeks has not been what they wanted. They've definitely had opportunities. They played the Eagles and the Falcons. If nothing else, those two should have been wins. Mm. I, uh, they're back to where I think they're going to be, like an eight, nine win team at best. And losing games like this doesn't really worry me. It's the tale of two quarterback situations, really, isn't it? Like, you know, we're talking about teams getting away from what they are. The Eagles seem to be happy with what Jalen Hurts is. I know we're joking, sort of, about him being a running back. But he kind of is, and that's his strength. And he doesn't want to throw the ball 52 times. You know, he threw the ball about the right amount of times. He scored three running touchdowns. That's Jalen Hurts. That's what we had at Oklahoma. That's what we had at Alabama. And that's what he is. You know, and if they're happy with that and they can build a team in an offense around him in that way, then fair enough. Whereas then you've got the Saints on the other hand, like you say, they don't know what they're doing. That often Kamara, they can't score until the fourth quarter. What are we doing? You know, Winston's not it. Anyone who listens to Full Time Yards will know that I'm not a big Winston fan. And never had been Trevor Simeon. What are we doing here? You know, it's kind of like the Tyler Heineke situation, but two years down the line. And then you've got Taysom Hill. Draft a quarterback, guys, and just actually be good. You know what I mean? Stop mucking about, basically. I'm quite yeah. pleased. The longer yeah, this I mean, goes on, you're the happy, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I, I don't get what the plan was really this year. We knew there was an issue with the caps, so and maybe I thought they might give up this year to a certain extent, but they kind of re-signed far too much to just give up on it. And they're in the mix. And then it feels like they haven't committed by going to get a quarterback, by trading for something. They didn't get Cam. Not that I personally think he really is the long-term answer for this year. But you're right. Trevor Simeon is not the answer. Um, he's okay. But when you come up against better teams, you're not going anywhere. So what is the actual point of this year? Mm. I don't understand. Just enjoy it. I am. Enjoy their demise. <laughs> um, well, that's I've done my work, so I'm going to hand it over to you two largely to finish this one off. We'll go to uh, Lee first. We're going to let you tell us all about that Chargers win over the Steelers. Um, talk to us about that game and then uh, a couple of questions about the Chargers situation in general for you. Yeah, no, sure. Like, I mean, this was a, a very, very, very enjoyable primetime game. Justin Herbert 
and a few of the charges players actually seem to enjoy the bright lights, which is kind of nice, isn't it? It's kind of nice when you you know that the whole world is watching, or the whole country at least, you know that the team is going to play well, the quarterback is going to play well. And um, yeah, we needed this one a little bit because obviously, you know, we, we stuttered a little bit against Minnesota last week and not going to lie, I was expecting us to come away with the victory. I was really, really disappointed with how we played last week, especially in light of Minnesota's COVID situation. And, you know, I know this kind of affected this game as well with obviously TJ Watt and a couple of guys missing for the Steelers. But, you know, the Chargers played really, really well. I mean, Herbert, some, you know, prominent Chargers fans on Twitter and social media saying this might be Herbert's best ever game. And they might actually be right. You know, he was dialed in and the offensive game plan was just structured in such a way that just brought another layer out of him, you know, using his legs. I don't understand why we've not done it more. Maybe it's a case of you don't want to show too much early in the season and then you kind of build and your offensive game plan kind of evolves and things like that. But yeah, he had 93 yards. It was gone down as 90 in the stats because he had three kneels towards the end of the game. So it's kind of took off a few yards. But in 93 yards and nine runs, um, you know, just under 400 yards passing, that's the sort of dual threat quarterback that you want Justin Herbert to be. You know, we saw it at Oregon, we saw it um, a few times in the, the last season. And we've not seen enough of it, I don't think, this season under Brandon Staley. So hopefully that's going to be something that we can blossom. And the other side of things in the offensive game plan, Austin Eckler was involved in the passing game as well. It's not happened enough. It's only beyond like little check downs, things like that. But he was actually out there running routes and things like that, which just needs to happen a lot more. You know, he's such a weapon for this team that, you know, I think we've we've heard the Chargers players say it, Keenan Allen said it in press conferences. We've got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and Justin Herbert playing as well. And if he's running the ball, you can't guard them all. You cannot guard them all. I know you you're talking about obviously, you know, maybe the books have got a great wide receiver call. You can't guard all those guys. When you've got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, the rest of the, the guys on Minnesota, you can't guard them. You know, if you've got too too many good players, there's not enough good defensive backs in the league that can guard these good offenses. It's just a matter of fact. You know, and the the defense played pretty well. I know they gave up 37 points and the Steelers had 27 points in the fourth quarter, but this defense played pretty well. Those um Points came from like the blocked pun, and they came from this weird interception that came off Justin Herbert's um, got a deflected pass, and you know someone ran under it, and they had about thirteen yards to go, and they got a field goal off it. You know they made some good goal line stands, so I thought I think that thirty-seven points on the face of it, if you just kind of box score scouting and things like that, kind of doesn't show the defense in great light. But I think the defense played pretty well, and overall I think the Chargers well deserved this game, and the the score line kind of flatters Pittsburgh a little bit. Might have been a different story without T, you know, with TJ Watt and whoever else, but you know, Chargers missing a few guys as well for the same reason. So, no, a good win. I'm glad we got this out. This one sets us up for a nice divisional game against the Broncos and kind of what we've just been saying about a few of the other teams, really, about kind of, you know, if we can pick up a few more wins, then we're putting ourselves right in the middle of the divisional race. Never mind the, the playoff one. Yeah, that's a good point as well because obviously, yeah, the Chiefs have kind of got back on it now. To be fair, to a certain extent, but you are very much. There's no like a couple of weeks ago, we would have said, Oh, you, it's going to be between you and the Chiefs, potentially, or even the Raiders at that point. But mm. I think for, the thing is, you're right. I mean, you've got Keenan Allen, you've got Mike Williams, and we know he's had a few down weeks, but I've heard he's had a bit of a nick or a couple of injuries. I don't know how true, but apparently it's a bit of unofficially not necessarily out there. But he, I mean, that play he made to get the touchdown, it was just like explosive. What mm. we expect from him, he just done his bang, got the ball, got in the end zone, it was brilliant. But you've got Donald, I love Donald Parham. Anyone who knows the XFL will love Donald Parham because he was 16 foot tall, catched every <laughs> touchdown pass. And the thing is, he brings that to the Chargers. He's, he's a role player. You've got Jared Cook. As long as he doesn't have those stupid fumbles that he does or gives up a turnover, because he, he can be great, but he does make those mistakes. But you've, mm-hmm. you're right. When you've got those two and they're being maybe really tightly managed, 
who's going to stop Jared Cook? He's a big, strong body. And Donald Parham, six foot, isn't he six foot eight? Like, six foot eight, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's incredible to have, especially in the red zone. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're right. The thing for me for Justin Herbert was that last drive. He came out. He almost, he just literally owned it. You could tell he was like, right, I'm winning this. I'm going to, I'm going, or, you know, I'm getting down and doing my bit. We're getting this touchdown. We're putting the ball, you know, putting it all in our hands. If they have one more drive and do what they do, they do. But I'm going to win this game. And he just felt like that. He used his legs. He bought time. He made plays when he needed to. And it just, he didn't doubt it. And you're right. I, that score, it was a great game. Just an absolute great game. I didn't think the Steelers would ever score 37 in a season, this season, to be honest. <laughs> but there was a lot of special plays on uh, special teams plays that helped that. And how the hell? I mean, I was watching, I mainly watched extended highlights and I was like, how did they come back? Because I knew the score and I was like, how did the Steelers actually get ahead in this game? Because it was, they was out of it. It was two scores down. It felt like the Chargers were the better team. But there was two moments where the block punt, the turnover just gave them the momentum. They did went and got the drive and took the lead. Fair play to the Steelers. I suppose that's something to put your hat on. But I mean, for me, the Chargers should be the better team. That defense, I want to see a bit more, but you're right, this was a step up. There's still a bit more in there. I feel like there is more there. And if they start getting that right going forward and that offense can carry on this form, why can't they be in the shout for it? Why can't we have a Rams and a Chargers Super Bowl? <laughs> That'd be nice. I was joking on Twitter with someone. Um, I can't remember who it was, but on Twitter, like what happens um, when the Chargers beat the Rams in the in their stadium? Oh, stadium. And I said, uh, Kronky needs to give Spanos the keys to the stadium. If that happens, kind of bet on the stadium. <laughs> Andy would be more than happy for Kronky to give out. Yeah. Well, I figure that if he gets, you know, I would like, maybe there's a plus point to his side winning the Super Bowl in that he'll feel his completed sport <laughs> and then he'll sod off and go away from all of the teams he's associated with and I would benefit from that. So uh, that would be nice. In general, though, Lee, is, where you're at now and what you're seeing from the team, does that kind of marry up with what you expectations were going into the season or are you kind of exceeding those expectations? There or thereabouts. There has been, a, I would say the record is about where I would expect, would have expected it to be, to have been. There's a couple of games that they've dropped that I didn't expect them to, but there or thereabouts. I mean, like I said before, I didn't expect them to drop the ones to the Vikings in the circumstances, you know, didn't play very well. The Cowboys, that could have gone the other way. Um, you know, there's just been some games that I just thought could have gone the other way, but yeah, they're there about. I mean, I was really, really excited when they hired Brandon Staley, um, knowing what he did with the Rams and things like that. And I was really excited once he actually started giving interviews and we started to kind of get to know him as fans. Yeah. I was really, really excited to see what he could do and things like that. And it's not quite there yet, like the defense isn't where it should be, but it's kind of like if we just go back to another like kind of English football analogy, it's kind of like a manager needing like another transfer window or two. I feel like we need another draft, another free agency period, and next year when he maybe has the personnel kind of in his more, more of his image and things like that. Cause we've, you know, changed completely the defensive scheme and things like that. You know, you maybe having a few square pegs in round holes kind of thing. I think he needs, like I say, another, another free agents period, another draft. And then next year, maybe we can really kick on. The offense is going to be great no matter what, because obviously you've got all that talent. And if you've got a half decent um, offensive coordinator, which I feel like they have half of charges to it, doesn't think they have, but with Joe Lombard, I think we'll just do fine. But when you've got a Herbert, when you've got a special quarterback like that, you know, you, you, you've got half the battle won, if not more, haven't you? So, yeah, I mean, expectations, I think, for me personally, before the season started, was like 10, 11 wins. I think we're on for that. You know, we've got some games that we definitely should win. Um, we've got some tough games coming up as well. But I think we're on for that. 
you know, sitting here at, at um, was it six and four now, isn't it? So, yeah, I think we're just about where we should be. I think we should make the playoffs this year. If we won the division, that would be excellent, you know, to kind of, first of all, just like break the charge, uh, no, not the charges, sorry, break the Chiefs kind of dominance and kind of get over that mental hump a little bit. Um, but if we make the playoffs and like six, seven seed, fine. I think that's what I wanted this season to be a step in the right direction again. Um, and then I think push all the chips into the middle of the table next year and then you can kind of go for the Super Bowl after that. Nice. And just before we move on, doing it all in the best jerseys in the game as well. That's right. Probably, probably. That's right. <laughs> you no know what tonight. I said? I know they got seven to choose from. Like, <laughs> I said um, to my wife, we're watching obviously, the Chargers game against Minnesota. And I said to her, I said, it's an elite combination of uniforms on both sides of the ball. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I think the good thing is if the Chargers do it in the next few years, go on and have a couple of playoffs and maybe make a Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl, I feel like we can start not calling them Oregon because Oregon, <laughs> Oregon win the jersey battle for most people in the college game, but don't really do a lot of it. Um, but, you know, the Chargers have definitely got the best set of jerseys for me. And even Andy said it. And Andy yes. is the merch expert. So. Um, <laughs> right, James, you get the dubious honour of closing out the show this week uh, with your with your team so you know tell us all about how enjoyable that easy win was um i watched it on highlights this morning so i feel like i you know i'm cheating uh, yeah i for me it felt like the most full team performance the bucks have had this year we've had a couple of dis- defensive displays more recently as well where they've actually stepped up and looked good and the offense has just been fine it felt like Brady was back to show. I can't explain this. I don't know if this is in my head because I only watched the highlights. But when I look back to the Saints game and more so against Washington, Brady was kind of bailing out a lot. Like he was dropping, the, like chucking the ball to Fournette far too much. He looked like he was worrying and, and, and almost t- throwing the ball away because he's going to get sacked or hit or whatever. And it wasn't even coming half the time. It felt like that. Now it's easy for me to say I'm sitting on the couch. But this week, it felt like he was there was three or four plays where he stepped up like he was moving around that pocket much more than he was against Washington it was almost like his feet were stuck on the ground against Washington he was like oh someone's going to hit me I've got to stand here and throw it away it felt like when I watched the highlights everything he was stepping up he was actually stepping up and going through defenders and then making plays it was like the Brady of last year a little bit when he was in feeling comfortable and he made he looks a lot better this week. He made a lot of good plays. Obviously, the interception it was more on Evans. He just bounced off his shoulder. Um, <clears throat> he had a really solid game. It felt like I don't know what's going on with the running game. Like Fournette's been solid this year, and I feel like we've come away from it earlier on, which then affects the way it looks. But everyone had a go at running the ball this, against the Giants. I mean, Mike Evans. I actually checked this out a few weeks back because I was thinking, I wonder if he's done an end around. He's never run the ball. And I was thinking, well, he's not the type I would expect to run the ball because he's just not that type of guy. But he ran the ball for 10 yards in this game. Chris Godwin ran the ball. Keishon Vaughan was out towards the end. Even Perriman ran the ball. It was like, they was like, well, we can't really run the ball, so we just let everyone have a go and see how they get on. Um, it was just an all-round display. The defence stepped up. And the front seven looked solid. It was able to get a bit of pressure. It got a couple of sacks. It just looked... It wasn't like we was having a blitz all the time. And the back end, having a couple of... St- cornerback starting just looked so much better we was getting instead of just constantly just giving up play after play after play we was able to make a play every now and again and obviously we've got a turnover we've got a false fumble and we made Daniel Jones day look just really difficult the run game we combined we managed to get on top of that again you know the Giants have been running the ball reasonably well even without Barkley they've been fairly solid obviously having Barkley back he had a few nice runs but we kept them well below I think it was 70 yards in the end 
Um, so we, we kind of cut that under control. We took that away from Daniel Jones and said, you've got to beat us. And he, to be fair, he was managed to get pressure on him. And that interception, Steve McClendon, I mean, he's literally been in the league, what, 12 years, never had an interception. What was he doing? Daniel Jones literally about to be sat for now, nah, throw the ball back. He throws it across himself behind his line and he ends up going into McClendon's hands. Who he looks at him, he's like, oh, there's a ball. I just don't get sometimes with Daniel Jones, it reminds me of James Winston, where he's just like, where was the thought process there? I, I, I've generally felt he has turned a bit of a corner at times this year, he's just been a bit more mature. He has been a bit more careful with the ball. But it felt like the game against the Bucks just felt like he took a step back on that sense, and he struggled all night. And, mm. and it was just dominant. The Bucks were just dominant. The defense was really good. The offense was fairly good. They was it was over by the fourth quarter. Job done. It just felt like that. The Bucks in Tampa have been brilliant this year. The offense has been amazing. The defense has been a little bit better, and in Tampa, which is the opposite to last year, um, which bodes well if we can get up high in the seeding. Um, but yeah, at the same time, you know, we should be beating the Giants. End of, really. I mean, the Giants are a team that have rallied a little bit the last few weeks. So I was a bit worried, but I never really felt worried because it was in Tampa. So I'm happy we won. We needed it. And it was good to see the defense sort of click a little bit. But yeah, nothing nothing to get too excited about. But yeah, much more like what I'd expect. The, the thing that stands out for me, James, is that the Giants made one for one third down in the whole game. Yeah. That's that's a real standout, isn't it? If you if you're stopping everyone, if you're stopping the other team every single time, yeah, then what can they do? They've got basically two downs to get ten yards, then, haven't they? Yeah, exactly, and that's something we've struggled with a lot more. But then it comes back. We've had no defensive backs really. I mean, it's, even the safety rooms had its issues of a player being not 100, percent then they'd be out, and then it'd be someone else has to step up. But we're having your first three cornerbacks out most of the season. We've, this was the first time our two starting cornerbacks, our second and third cornerbacks, actually played. And I think it helped with the guys that have been on the practice squad having a, them few weeks. They just generally looked solid. And you're right, you managed to get off the field, which makes a nice change. <laughs> Good. And I know you were, you know, you were all about Tom scrambling James on Twitter. I've, I've seen <laughs> that was amazing. Impressive speed. He showed in the off season that he was going to work on that side of the game, and I and I literally think that was the only play that he's done it for. You can't get quicker at the age of. 58 or whatever he is you can't just decide you're gonna be quicker he's on he's clearly on drugs <laughs> there was nothing quick about the run andy it was just it was the little jump over the tackle i liked and then like you say like i saw people comment and say that's a red card in football because yeah he could probably completely took out whoever the defender was he was, he was very fired up wasn't he what? after that wouldn't you be though? One hundred and seven-year-old as a quarterback, and you managed to run ten yards without being tackled. That's amazing. <laughs> and also, Mike Evans is now our franchise all-time record. He is. Down, which I mean, the Bucks have a terrible history. Like, let's face it. But Mike Evans is the man. He's had. He's still had more fights than he's had touchdowns as well. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> bastard that he is uh, that's all of the games done and dusted gentlemen Have, has anybody got anything they want to chuck in before we wrap this one up I think we covered it all to be honest I think we did did a fine job Lee are you going to join us for our predictions pod this week I will be yeah I will be so I'll see you gentlemen, then gentlemen gentlemen thank you very much for your time we should reconvene shortly for that have a good couple of days <laughs> <laughs>